Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to episode 185 of Getting It Out Podcast. That was USD Control with Shutdown off of Chaos Mayhem Destruction. This is only the beginning. I think that's the name of the album title. It came out quite a while ago. Unfortunately, it's incredibly relevant to what's happening on this episode of the podcast. You see, I don't think I was actually going to do an episode of the podcast this week. I think I was going to take the first week off 
in about four years. I was, I was, I was undecided, but I was pretty close. Here we are, um, less than eight hours from when I would usually post a podcast, and I didn't have one done yet. So I was just going to take take the week off, you know, a little podcast vacation. But unfortunately, there's been a bit of a tragedy here in a local scene in South Central Pennsylvania. The longest running DIY venue that I've ever known, Skid Row Garage, got shut down last night. Uh, that's a big blow to a small city, a small area, um, as far as their, the local scene goes. Uh, I don't need to tell some of you that. I'm sure lots of you are aware of it. Um, I don't, I'm not exactly sure what happened yet. I don't know how these things... This thing's been running for 12 years, okay? That's an anomaly for an illegally run DIY venue run by uh, mostly one guy, but with a lot of helpers. That one guy is MC Heiser. I've had him on the podcast quite a few times in the past. Um, you might know him from Old Tigers. You might know him because you've played in the area and he's booked your band for the last quarter century. Literally. This guy's been doing it for 25 years. He was doing it before I ever got involved. He was doing it when I got involved. When I got involved, his band, USD Controlled, I think they were just called D Control at the time, but they were they were around. They were playing shows and they were a very cool band. They were the hot stuff, right? And that song that you heard there a minute ago, Shut Down, was about venues getting shut down. And that was, uh, maybe, maybe someone would say that was their hit. Um, unfortunately, like I said, it's relevant here as the guy singing those words is the guy I'm going to talk to today about another venue getting shut down this time, one on his own property. And, uh, he's going to fill us in on the, what's the whys, the who's, and, uh, we're going to figure out if we can do anything to help and, uh, maybe you can help too. So I'm going to skip a little bit of the usual bullshit. I'm going to do the short intro and I'm going to go straight into the conversation with MC. If you're not local to the scene, then uh, I still encourage you to stick around and listen because this is important stuff for any local hardcore punk rock scene um, worldwide. You know, it doesn't matter. These types of shutdowns uh, affect everybody and uh, it can kill a local music scene. But uh, we're not going to let that happen and you're going to hear all about that. If you are local and this is your first time listening to Getting It Out podcast, well, don't you worry. I'm from York. I live in Lancaster and uh, Getting It Out podcast is a central Pennsylvania product of the scene so to speak so thank you for listening and let's get into it Check it. make family out of friends make friends out of enemies peace to my family make friends till they bury all the places we've been we're never sitting it out we be getting it in where you getting it out i said all the places we've been we're never sitting it out we'll be getting it in where you getting it out Can we go quickly over when and why you started the garage? Uh, 2009, which is a lifetime ago to some of us. Um, Basically, I started the garage because there were no smaller venues for bands to play in this area um at that point like i mean the chameleon club wasn't doing the lizard lounge downstairs uh championship was in that huge new warehouse space which anybody in central pennsylvania that went to the new championship in that warehouse down by the river god that's a fucking chattahoochee's reference (laughs) um yeah but i know exactly what you mean so. Uh, that that huge warehouse, you know, you couldn't put a smaller band in there with 50 people. It felt like 
you were seeing a band at a stadium with one person in the crowd. It, it felt awful. So um, I had bought a house that had a garage that had a room, a couple rooms built into it. I, I think somebody was trying to live in there at some point is, is my my guesstimate of what was going on. Um, and we had set up the one room as a practice space and um, our friends just die. Um, yeah. Who you and I both know very well needed a date on a tour and I decided to just put them up in the garage and see what happened and put a couple local bands on the bill and 12 years later here we are right um a lot has changed and grown and happened in those 12 years but that that that's essentially the the origin story um there wasn't a place and then the ball really got rolling when championship changed hands from its original owners to um i'm not even sure which which group had bought it but they basically turned it into a a shell of it of what it once was it, it basically became a pay-to-play venue where yeah they tried to tip uh, it more oh, mainstream band. yeah yeah oh you're a local band you want to you want to play this show well you got to sell 25 tickets and if you don't sell the tickets you'll show up and not play right which happened we we, we all heard those stories so so that i mean so they did i guess they did overlap i couldn't remember if the champ and um well the, the old version of the champ the, I don't. I don't even know how to say it. That the the second version. How about we say this? The second yeah. version of the champ overlapped with uh, Skid Row Garage, but I guess it did. Um, yeah, very 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 short time because uh, they basically were changing hands late the summer that I started doing stuff. Um, and in fact, one of their last shows that were booked by the original owners was um, Title Fight, who went on stage at Champ made a big deal out of the change of ownership and how like it wasn't yeah. the same and got kicked off stage and they actually got in their cars in the parking lot told everybody hey we're going to York follow us and they came to York and played the Skid Row Garage later that night and that was sort of the the changing of the guard I guess is yeah. a nice way to put it like that was the, the baton being handed off from championship wasn't what they were when they started and we we were taking the taking the baton and we were going to run with it. I t- I could totally agree with that because I I never went to the champ after it changed hands. I don't know what I don't know what it became. I know of what I heard, but I never went. I never had a reason to go. It didn't represent anything that I that I was into anymore. And then you started doing Skid Row Garage, and it was well. First of all, for me and you, uh, that's a lot more convenient than driving to fucking Harrisburg. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and well, and then and then I, I moved to Baltimore, but I just I would still come up to Skid Row Garage shows. I remember one in particular, Just Die, like you said. I remember coming up for a Just Die show where I slept in the garage. I slept on one of those terrible mattresses in the garage with Dave, of uh, <laughs> the drummer of Just Die. Um, so, like, you're. You yourself have been booking shows and doing this for what is it now? Twenty five years, um, at I least. First, I went to my first show in this area twenty five years ago. Um, I booked my first show um, probably nineteen ninety nine ninety eight. Rented out Liberty Fire Hall. Um, yeah. For any of the very very old people of this area, that was another spot that everybody went to shows at for a while. Right. Um, 
Yeah, but I've rented out Liberty Fire Hall, bought a PA system from Lynx Music down in Hanover, and um, yeah, we did shows that way for a long time. Well, my point is that as long as I've been going, you've been booking them. Like, I don't, it, it didn't matter if it was, I don't know, Dillsburg Fire Hall or... Like, when I started going, it was Dillsburg Fire Hall, Emmingsville Park Building, First Capital Skate Park, Charm City Skate Park in Redline, which... It was yeah. weird that we had a Charm City Skate Park in Redline. But, uh, you know, just like random little spots that didn't last. None of them lasted long. Um, no. So so the fact that uh, Skid Row Garage was able to last 12 years up to this point is insane. Even is there's a Was there a period where you, you moved away for a while, right? Did yeah, the garage I, I, still I exist for, then? I moved away for two years, and um, there were still a handful of shows that went on during that time. Um Steven, the drummer, current drummer of Old Tigers, um, drummer of Old Tigers, he he was still living here, and he did a few shows in that time frame. So, so with it, even you, with even with you even gone, the venue still <laughs> continued yeah. to operate, which yeah. is incredible. And I think, and like, so I've already knowing we were going to do this, I already recorded like the my little intro thing where I talk about and the anybody who's into. Any shit like you and I are the punk rock, hardcore, metal on a smaller scale, whatever knows how important and unlikely the success or even the existence of something like you've had going is. So the longevity of what, what you've been able to do. So do you feel like maybe it's been taken for granted by yourself? Like did you take it for granted a little bit? Because I feel like we all knew this day was coming eventually. Oh, like, absolutely. Like, I mean, but it just sucks that it came. I, I I've joked about that like. Because and I made a post on Facebook, and I'll probably cover some of these topics, but like the police were no strangers to the venue. Sure, they've been there when I was like, there. Yeah, like I've I, I've literally dealt with police showing up for one reason or another almost every other show, yeah. at least lately, because parking or some other stupid thing. Like, I mean, you get a crowd of a hundred people in a driveway <laughs> in the city of York, the cops are going to drive by and be nosy. Yeah. Um, and you know, inevitably, people park illegally. And I mean, almost every time the cops have shown up, it's like, "Hey, there's a blah 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 car parked in somebody's garage, or in front of somebody's garage, or in front of somebody's driveway. We need it moved." And I don't want to insult anyone's intelligence, but unless the police were completely brain dead morons, they knew what was going on for a long, long time. Right. Right. Um, which is another thing, as I'm processing more of it today i'm hitting that anger stage because <laughs> sure. the, the 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 police and the zoning guys yesterday were made a big point to be like we didn't even know this was here we didn't know this existed and in the back of my mind i'm like well then you're negligent you are terrible at your job which which wouldn't be surprising anybody that listens to a serial killer documentary or reads up on cults or any, any kind of like major crimes police are terrible at their job <laughs> i mean not too long ago the cop a police officer out in the Midwest somewhere retired, and he was literally an officer that found a naked boy that escaped from Jeffrey Dahmer. And I mean a boy, a yeah, teenager. Yeah. A naked teenager that escaped from Jeffrey Dahmer, and he took this naked child <laughs> back to Jeffrey Dahmer and gave him back yeah. and laughed about it because it's funny that gay guys are doing this stuff and running around naked. And he, he, he never lost his job. He, like, okay enough of that rant but police are really bad about their job so maybe these cops actually didn't know 
but I don't believe that. They, right. they were they were here too often. Far too many of the police officers were here to for them to say we had no idea. Um, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll leave it at that. But like, well, there's you, just no way. You made a great point with too with the, that post, and I read what you posted about how there was never any of that ask a punk shit. Um, the address was always right there on the flyers. It's not. It's not like, you know, the, the the flyer, as you know from flyering, you know, physically before, is meant to be seen by everyone. It's meant to be yeah. as many people get your eyes on this as possible and come. And uh, yeah. that was that's the way it operated. So so yeah, to to say they didn't know is uh, well, it's a lie because, like I said, I've I've seen them. I've seen them there. So uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And- and yeah, like we, we never tried to hide it. It was, I mean, I posted flyers everywhere, um, very publicly. I mean, my Facebook is public. All the posts were public. Yeah. Um, it was, it was never, oh, we're going to hide this and no one can know. And like, you got to duck into the alley and hide behind buildings to get there and do a secret handshake. It was, hey, you want to come out? You show up. I yeah, mean, and that that's that was one of the great things about it, and it was. I mean, it seemed like, from my perspective, I mean, see, I, I'm a little, a little um, envious of the younger crowd that got to come up with Skid Row Garage because, like, me going there, I knew, like, I knew who I was. I knew I was going to talk to you. I knew I was going to talk to. There was there are certain people that I knew I was going to talk to when I went to Skid Row Garage, like. I was going to talk to Mitch. I was going to talk to Cody. I was going to talk to MC. I was going to stand outside for most of the show and just bullshit with people, you know. <laughs> and and that's but like for like a, a younger person to come up discovering it that way must have been so fucking cool, right? Yeah. Like it's yeah. just to see what it can be. Yeah, and to have that consistency too, because I, I think you know, like when I was going to shows, venues lasted like six months. Yeah, yeah. I mean. At one point, I tried to make a list of all the venues in York that I went to shows as a kid. And, right. I mean, it's like a three-page document. Well, it's funny going through York. I can I can go like, oh, I went to a show there. I went to a show. Like, you can stand on the corner and be like, it was there, and it was there, yeah. and it was there. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and it's nuts. Like, the, yeah. So, like, having a place that was so consistent is just, like, almost unheard of in, in this type of thing. Well, it is, but it's like it's also like the it's like the ultimate thing. Like you go there, there's essentially no rules other than don't be a dick. I mean, we, one of the great things about about it, and I've seen it, and of course you've seen it, is that the, the garage and the people in there and the the scene, the community policed itself. I've watched people get kicked out. Not that there's there's no fucking security there. I watch people get kicked out without there being a fight. You know, it's so you you're wrong for this situation. You need to yeah. go. That like and and that was that you know so it's it's interesting how something that was so well self policed and run for so long with such minor issues is now deemed done right by the by the by them um, so so can you get into what happened um so the 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 big picture story is. Um, somebody got hurt at the show uh, on seven seventeen last month, which was a really big show. It was the second best show as far as attendance I've ever had. Like, wow! I had more people there than I expected by far. 
and um, somebody apparently got hurt, uh, went home, mom got pissed, mom talked to the uh, the cops or the authorities or what, whoever. Can I interrupt and ask what 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 do you mean by hurt? Was it a, was there a fight? Uh, was there a I, somebody set off fireworks, which was that's not pretty an normal, occurrence. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess they got a burn on their leg. Okay. Um, and I made a big point that night because I was like, "Look, I don't know who the fuck set the fireworks off, but it has to stop. There's far too many people here to be doing that kind of shit." Yeah. And it stopped until after the show. Then people <laughs> went down the alley and set off fireworks. Like, whatever. That's right. no harm, no foul. Um, you know. And in fact, the police showed up at that show a month ago because of. People setting off fireworks down the street, and I was like, "I was like, look, officer, it might be people that are hanging out here, but they're not doing it here because I told them no." I was like, "I can tell you, about half a block that way, I saw fireworks being shot up down in the little like alley that goes between York and or uh, Market Street and uh, and Clark Avenue. There, there's a little like connecting alley. Yeah. I saw people over there setting off fireworks, but they're not doing it here." So if they came from here and did it there, I can't control that. And, you know, I, I have to laugh because I literally, the, the officer gave me a fist bump as he left that day. So, like, again, they're aware and they were, I mean, there were like three cops here that day. So yeah. at least three officers were aware and I'm sure they all go back and talk to their coworkers because, you know... When I have to deal with an unusual situation at work, all of my coworkers <laughs> hear about it. I'm like, holy shit, like, I can't believe this crazy person that I just dealt with. Um, so, yeah. Um, so the story is somebody got burned by fireworks, possibly. Um, and then mom complained to the police or whoever. And the police showed up at our next event last night. And... They had a search warrant. Um, a and search they put warrant. A, yeah, um, they put a condemn notice on the garage, which was, um, which really sucks because, like, technically, if I go out to my garage, open it up, and walk inside right now, I can be, yeah, I can be fined and or arrested. Um, so hopefully, uh, I'm going to talk to the zoning officer tomorrow morning. Hopefully, I can get that rectified because. I mean, my motorcycle is in there, my um, thousands and thousands of dollars worth of band equipment, like all of my tools are in there. Um, I mean, as stupid as this is, my shop vac is in there. Right. And, like, <laughs> I mean, it's a garage. It, it, it never was not a garage. It was a garage. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. And yeah. So, so that, what, what was what? Are, what are they bring a search warrant for? What are they? They threw a bunch of stuff at me, but the the cops made it very clear that the only reason they were there is because somebody's mom complained. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I've I've been there with the I've lived in a place <laughs> that got condemned before, and I remember I would have to sneak back up the fire escape to get in at night to sleep in there because because. Because I couldn't, we couldn't have lights on. Like all my roommates would do it. We would all yeah. sneak back into the place to sleep at night, and you couldn't have lights on. And like it was your home, and you weren't allowed to be in it. And this is, I mean, that place deserved to be condemned because people were supposed to live in it. What the fuck? Are you, what are you condemning a garage for? What's the? I mean, uh, I, I don't expect you to actually to have the answer. I'm just, you know, just saying. Well, I, I'm, from what the zoning guy said, basically, is I was used 
illegal use of the property. Like, basically, what they said is you can't have a music venue in a shitty garage. Which agree. All right, fine. fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, fine. We won't do it. But like, I still need to use my garage because technically that piece of paper means that I have two options. Um, hopefully tomorrow, talk to the guy and get that piece of paper taken off my garage with a sort of handshake agreement. Hey, we won't do this anymore. Or the building's condemned, and I have the option of tearing it down. Yeah, which is that seems excessive. It seems over the top. That's, yeah, <laughs> I mean, well, to argue that guy, you obviously can have a music venue in your garage because you did it for fucking twelve years without issue. But um, yeah, <laughs> I, like like you, I understand and always have understood why it would have been considered illegal, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, there was never a question of that. I mean, I've I've made that joke for years. I'm like, because people were like, how do you get away with this? I'm like, I honestly don't know because nothing about this is legal. Right. And uh, like I said, the day the day was coming. It just, it just sucked so much more that it come. How did they show up? Was it like a... Was it like a, a shitload of them? Was it just oh, one yeah. cop and a guy? It was like 10 cops and... Um, the main guy that talked was he, he was very polite and decent and the zoning guy was very polite and decent but again I, I don't believe a word that they said because right. it, they, they start off by saying oh well we didn't even know this was here until we got a complaint and I'm like yeah y- you did y- you did yeah. There's, I, I have to beat that point home is that they knew um, and more so than that like everyone in York know, know, knew, yeah, yeah. knows I mean, I was invited to speak at York Crafted, which is an event that happens in the city in front of a huge crowd. The The event is, you know, videotaped, put on YouTube. You know, the YouTube channel has thousands of views. My video alone has over 500 views, which is stupid because all I went up there and did was talk about being in a punk rock band and running a punk rock <laughs> venue. Um, but I went up there and, you know, I did this. I mean before he was mayor but the current mayor of york has been to the garage before he was mayor yeah um members of his his staff and administration have been to the garage um which i'm reaching out to them to try to help get this this piece of paper taken off the door and um, yeah and a lot of other things to try to figure out a way to go forward and maybe have this work out in the future but um like yeah everyone knew it wasn't a secret. Um, I've had little old ladies that do all that coordinate all the events downtown come to the garage and hang out for a band or two, and then move on to their next thing that they're going out <laughs> that night. Um, and I, you know, sort of that kind of thing is why I just don't believe that they can say I didn't know. Yeah, they're lying. Well, at least some some people are lying. Especially the well, you know, we can we, we keep repeating ourselves, but the amount of cops that have been there over the years, yeah. And then and then to show up last night with ten of them, at least one of them had to be aware. Yeah. You know. Oh, oh man. <laughs> and and other than the, the main, the first guy that showed up and was talking to me, um, all like he came up, you know, normal uniform. All the rest of the guys showed up in like full on like we're doing a violent drug raid. Like, they had flak jackets and, like, the big bulletproof vests over top of their suits. Like, the one guy had his um, 
thumbs tucked up in the <laughs> sleeves of his uh, bulletproof yeah. vest, and he never took them out. And he, you know, he had his mask up like only his eyes were showing. Like, like it's the kind of thing that you saw last summer when like the police were beating the shit out of protesters, and they yeah. wanted to not be caught. They basically covered everything up. The, at least one of the guys was like. And he even said he's like he's like normally I'm on the the violent crimes unit and I was like well you're not gonna find that here yeah like, like I I don't know what you you think you're gonna find here that like you I don't know like I understand I, I no how I, how I, I how did the <laughs> get into here. that's true how how did the people that were there react to to, to um, that. Well, the police showed up and they were like, everyone has to go. So I turned around and was like, hey guys, cops are here. They're shutting it down. You should all probably go home. And the cops like, no, they have to go home. I was like, all right, guys, you have to go home. And basically everyone except like my band and like Garrett, who was helping me run sound and a few other, you know, close, very close friends. And most of the older people were like, well, we'll just kind of stick around and help clean up and get this you know see this through i guess is i don't know yeah <laughs> well and, i mean i it, and, and and i realized that this this only happened what less than 24 hours ago so so uh, so i don't expect you to have full <laughs> answers for any of this but i know for a fact that you have gone through this with a lot of different people by now already what what do you think your next step is? Are you worried about a next step, or is it, or is the priority just to get the fucking piece of paper off the door? Um, the 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 first step personally is to get that piece of paper off the door so that you know my band can have a practice space. I can have a garage to have my car and motorcycle in without fear of opening the door, stepping inside, and a police officer walking up and throwing a fine at me. Right. Um, right. Which at this point I. I can see them doing to try to make a point. Um, they sort of, sort of made those kind of comments last night in a not direct way, but they were like, "We'll be watching." Yeah, yeah, kind of thing, and you know, whatever. But like, the main goal for me personally is to get that piece of paper off the door so that I can use my garage. Um, as far as everything else, I am going to spend most of today um, trying to find a new home for the shows that I currently have booked because I have some really, really cool stuff coming up. I mean, yeah. um, some big shows, some bands that I never thought would come through here. Um, the one tour I really want to bring up, but it's unannounced as of right now. So um, I can't do that. Um, but if you listen to the playlist, <laughs> yeah. the, there's the Skid Row Garage playlist. There's a couple bands on there that you might stop and be like, "Wait, I don't see them on a show yet." Yeah, they're coming, or nice. they were coming. I guess um, have to change to past tense, um, which is a hard switch. Um, I, I've talked to a bunch of people about kicking a lot of ideas around about trying to find a a spot to go legit and legal, um, maybe in some sort of nonprofit kind of the way, kind of way, the way. Uh, I think Charm City Art Space was ran yeah. for a long time. Yeah. Um, again, that place was another one that was ran the right way, and for what decades, maybe ten years, at least probably. ten years. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, they were they moved next door, but yeah, but probably ten yeah, years between the two. 
and that was another place where like let's be honest there was nothing legal about shoving 100 people in that basement no it was disgusting it's, it's tiny yeah. <laughs> so it was way worse way worse of a situation i think than than the garage yeah i didn't but, like it there <laughs> but like you know there, there's ways around this and ways to do it and i i've got a lot of irons in the fire um to try to figure out something to uh keep this going because i mean you're, you're from york um yeah. you know that like lancaster is blessed with multiple places that you can go see a band play um harrisburg has a lot of places i mean jb love drafts just opened a second location they're gonna have two shows every night in the harrisburg area <laughs> um they have you know other venues that you know do really big stuff and they have other venues that do you know smaller scale stuff and lancaster has places that have big rooms and places that have small rooms and um york doesn't yeah um that that's sort of another point i made in my post is like york doesn't have a music venue i know west york Inn has started doing stuff which is great but like that's one room on a small scale and when you look at a city york county has what 400,000 people right something like that like to not have a music venue in an area that big i mean 400,000 people is bigger than like probably i don't know the exact population but that's bigger than the city of pittsburgh i'm 99 percent <laughs> sure um, i'm not going to get my phone out to, to check that but like i mean that's a big area a lot of people to not have a music venue at uh, i mean other than a 21 plus Right. Well, that's what I was going to say. I think that all those, all the places you mentioned, even in Harrisburg, as far as I know, you can correct me if I'm wrong. As far as Harrisburg, Lancaster, um, that's all. That's all twenty-one and over, right? There's, there's nothing that's all. I don't know about West York Inn. I haven't seen what they're doing yet, but I assume because it's because it's York, it's twenty-one and over. Yeah, and and for listeners that are not from Pennsylvania and don't deal with Pennsylvania. The reason all these venues are 21 plus is because Pennsylvania is very, very, very antiquated and just downright stupid liquor laws. That's insane. Yeah. Like, like in Baltimore, like Dan, you could go to the auto bar and take your daughter and you could stand next to your daughter watching a band play. Let's use the Aquabats so it's kid friendly. <laughs> um, you could go see the Aquabats. You could have a beer while your daughter has fun watching the Aquabats. Yeah. In the same area, standing beside it's each literally other. Literally standing next to her. You could yeah. hold her hand. Um, Not in Pennsylvania, no. In Pennsylvania, if you guys go see the Aquabats at a venue that is all ages, there has to be a separate area for you to go and drink beer because that kid can't be near you drinking beer. And I think most of it comes down to the way the uh, liability laws are written. In Pennsylvania, the liability falls on the, the venue and the and the ownership of the venue if that kid gets alcohol whereas in maryland in most normal states if a minor gets alcohol at a venue they are in trouble not right. the, the venue the venue does their job by checking id indicating that someone is under 21 by marking their hand using a bracelet whatever it is they do that and and let's be honest we know there's ways around it because we drank underage right yeah but in Pennsylvania, we still drank underage. Like, it never stopped us. 
like having you know the upstairs at the chameleon or the upstairs at the electric factory or whatever it fucking's called now <laughs> franklin hall or whatever um that never stopped people from drinking at a show if they were underage yeah like the only difference is you're there the state of pennsylvania puts all this like ridiculous restrictions on the business and I'm not a big business like like I, I'm not here to tell you that <laughs> I took a nap after work yesterday. I worked third shift all last week and then was on five to two yesterday. So I took a nap before the show. That was my alarm still from yesterday. <laughs> um But yeah, so they like I'm not here to like say like, oh my god, we should be helping out big business, but you should help out the small businesses and make these laws better and I mean, I'm going to be honest. What band is going to play York, Harrisburg, or Lancaster and say, oh, we have to play to a 21-plus crowd when they could go an hour, hour and a half down the road to Baltimore or two hours down the road to D.C. and play an all-ages show where they're probably going to make more money on, on the overall show because, one, you get more people in the... Um, you get more people in the room and you got more people... The kids are going to buy more merch, basically. Yeah, it, yeah. Adults are going to buy twenty-one over. You're going to buy booze if you're not straight yeah. edge, and uh, the kids yeah. will buy the merch. And yeah, yeah. And like, yeah. I, I'll buy a koozie. And yeah. I'm gonna put my beer in it. And <laughs> yeah. Move on. Um, right. But no, like the the young kids are they're they're the they're the enthusiastic ones. They're the ones that drive the music scene. I mean, like, I, what, what, what was that stupid? Oh man. The, the the Woodstock 99 documentary that's out on HBO right now. I didn't actually watch it, but I've seen clips of it. And, like, most of the insanity that happened at Woodstock 99 was a bunch of young people getting crazy to times 500,000. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, the young kids are, the, are what make the world go round. And, and, and more importantly, even for the businesses that are bars that do shows, like if a kid doesn't know and doesn't find out, hey, I like heavy metal or hardcore or punk rock or ska or whatever, when they're a kid, they're not going to go to a bar to see those bands play. They're going to go to um, Fat Daddy's or a dance club and listen to top 40 hits with a drum and bass beat put over top of it. Yeah. Um, and there's plenty of places that do that. And, that's fine i guess but like no one's gonna very few people are gonna discover punk and hardcore and heavy metal and those kind of things after they're 21 yeah no 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 yeah when they're when they're a teenager and skateboarding or when the 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 jock from the football team shoves their head into a locker and calls them a slur for a homosexual that you know we all got called growing up right like you're going to discover the music or playing Tony Hawk's pro skater or any of the video games that feature all the punk rock bands or, yeah, it's you in know. your, it's in your formative years. It's not, a, yeah. it's, it's not something that comes later. And that's, you made you made a great post the other day before all this. Um, I guess it would have been just Friday while my stepdaughter was at the green day Weezer fallout boy <laughs> concert. And you made a post about, Hey, those bands played spaces like this at one point too. And uh, yeah. maybe you want to come to this to see, you know, you never know who's going to be up there eventually. Yeah. And 
you and I have, I know you and I have seen bands on those small stages that end up on those huge stages. And, I mean, uh, <laughs> specifically that show. I mean, there is, uh, oh my gosh, Deuce from the Martini Brothers. He owns a, a barbershop hair salon up in New, New, New Cumberland. Sorry, I'm stuttering here. I'm still so happily. Um, yeah, his barbershop in New Cumberland, Green Day played in the basement of that building in the early 90s when they were nobodies. Right. So, like, specifically, Green Day played a basement in New Cumberland before they made it big. And specifically, Fallout Boy opened for a local band at old, at, I think it was New Champ, at New yeah, Champ. Yeah. But not that many years ago. I mean, 15 years ago, they were opening for a local band in Harrisburg. Like, those bands are playing Hershey Park Stadium. Those bands are on a stadium tour. Like, <laughs> Green Day's one of the biggest bands in the world. Yeah. Like, whether you love them or hate them or, you know, think that they're not punk anymore, whatever, they are one of the biggest bands in the world. And they started out playing basements. And garages. And, <laughs> and garages. And probably, like, back rooms of record stores where, like, 30 people would crowd in to see them play and be like, oh, these guys are kind of cool. I'll buy a t-shirt or I'll buy a record. What right. kind of fucking name is 10,000 Slap Happy Hours or whatever that record was called? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, 10,000 Smooth Out Slappy Hours, I think it was? like that, yeah. yeah. But like, those bands started there and they built their fan base that way. And again, they didn't do it, they, they did it because kids got into the music. And I know people who are my age today that went to see Green Day, not because they think Green Day put out a great new album, but because they've loved Green Day since they were a kid. They discovered Green Day when they were in high school, when they were, you know, again, skateboarding and playing video games and um, doing all the stuff that kids that aren't aren't the popular, you know, high school jock do, um, you know, hanging out probably smoking weed and drinking beer behind uh, the grocery store down in the woods, whatever, <laughs> you know. Um, and and that, that is important. It's so important. Uh, because, and, and I and, and I'm sort of in my head right now, I'm putting this together into an idea to, to, to talk to people about finding a spot and, and pushing why it's important, but like a place like JB Love Drafts doesn't have a crowd. They don't have a clientele without those people getting into cool shit when they're young. Right, yeah. Like, like if I never got into punk rock and hardcore and heavy metal and everything else, I would look at a place like JB Love Drafts and I'd be like, ew, no. <laughs> I'm going to Sawyer's across the street. Sorry. Or I'm going to the Burke House or whatever is in that area. Um, I would look at a place like the Chameleon Club and be like, "Well, I'm not going there most nights, but if Papa Roach plays, I'll you know, I'll probably go." <laughs> I heard that I know them from the radio. Yeah, like, I, and I can't emphasize that enough. Without young people getting into the music scene, most of the the places that we as adults frequent and like, and we go to see music at. They, they don't exist. Well, do you, do you ever reflect on or take into consideration the amount of uh, impact you've had, you yourself have had on 
on the younger younger generations now for over 20 years on discovering and like finding because you know how this is when you get into it not everybody but a lot of people are into it forever like you and i have been into this for the majority of our lives at this point yeah and and so like you with skid row garage and your bands and booking your shows have been able to introduce so many people so many kids to what it is and what it's about and you, you've been able to show with you know with the best possible example again what the, like every area dreams of having a place like punk rock scene and dreams of having a place like Skid Row Garage where you can just go you can just go everybody can go you can essentially do what you want as long as you're not overstepping you know an invisible line that we all know and yeah. uh I don't know. I just wonder if, like, you ever do you know like the importance that you've had? Um, I never really stopped to think about it that much. Um, I mean, I definitely recognize it because I, I see like bands that have played here. They go on to do a lot of bigger things. I mean, there are bands that have played here that have done like headlining nationwide tours. Um, hell, when Nightbirds played here, the next weekend they played. Um, um, Manhattan with the Descendants in front of like I, I don't even know how many but thousands of people right. they went from playing the garage and having a blast to <laughs> playing in front of thousands of people the next weekend and like you know it's cool that they can do both um, and I mean in, in the punk rock and hardcore world I mean bands that have played here have gone to play the fest down in Florida I mean they, they've played this is hardcore they've done riot fest and they've done um punk rock bowling and like any big uh what is it up in montreal puza was always a big one like uh, countless bands that have played here have gone on to do those things countless bands that have played here have gone on to you know become big big bands in in the in the in the in the in the god excuse me in the industry (laughs) and um sorry i really really put a hurting on myself last night after this all went down i did a little uh um sad drinking i guess it would be called um <laughs> which i assumed i expected you you told me you would be you told me you would be hung over today you you called yeah. it yeah yeah i mean yeah i'm pretty honest about that kind of stuff I called off work <laughs> today I, I called my my manager last night was like hey uh not gonna be in tomorrow He's like, what's up? And I, I sent him a picture of the warrant and the uh, um, condemned uh, placard. And I was like, I was like, you know how I have crazy parties in my garage? Well, the police shut it down, and I have a lot of headaches. Uh, I'm not locked up. We recently had an employee who missed about two weeks because he was locked up. Um, I'm not locked up, but like, I don't exactly know what's going to happen, and I just need a mental health day. And he was yeah. like all good man like you 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 take your time i'll see you monday um so yeah i I called off work for the first time this is the only the first time the second time i've called off work in the past five years so which which is pathetic i i should take care better care of myself but that's like i I think that goes ties into the the thing with the garage like i i don't stop i never take my foot off the gas like the the reason i never really stop to reflect on these things is because like it's always moving on to the next thing it's like oh well we had a show last night. Well, we have a we have a show on Thursday, and then then I have a show at JB's the next weekend, and then I have a show Wednesday, and then the next weekend I have a show at the garage, and I have a show at JB's the next day, and 
all of a sudden the wheels fell off and you can hit the gas all you want you ain't going anywhere so, and I, I got a lot of time to sit here and figure things out I guess well but, well, um, since you've been able to do so much for other people what can people do for you right now like was there was there um, was there fines that came along with this initial stop it's just like can people like what I was just thinking and looking at you have your big cartel you have your store for Skid Row Garage can people go there and buy things with money that will help um, help you in any way yeah, the the uh, the Skid Row Garage shirts are all available on the Big Cartel. Um, I think it's just Skid Row Garage at big dot bigcartel dot com. That that's always helpful. I haven't gotten any fines yet. Um, I think that's all going to be decided tomorrow. Yeah. from the understanding, um, which really shocked me. Um, the whole ordeal last night was kind of. I mean, after the initial show of force, the it was kind of like sheep and wolves clothing um to flip the saying around because they came in super hard and then they were like look man we just need everyone to go home like we're not going to do anything right now we're not going to search the place they're like technically we have the right to go through everything we have the right to take any money that any band made off of merch and blah 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 which what <laughs> yeah yeah you're shaking your head I, this is an audio medium so you can't see us shaking our heads <laughs> yeah, at each other yeah. but like it it's insane and frustrating and like the police are going to enforce. Basically, they said we could come in here and enforce every ridiculous line of the zoning code and every ridiculous line of the tax code and every ridiculous, like, minuscule detail law that we could because the government and the police have literally tens of thousands of laws written in any given jurisdiction that they can go through and they can find a way to make you guilty of something right. which is um very true and I've, I've i've posted it on facebook a few times but there's a there's a great video um i think it's called why you should never talk to the police but it's uh it's a professor teaching his law class like never talk to the police get a lawyer don't talk to the police let somebody that is trained in this talk to the police because literally me just saying, oh, yeah, I take donations at the door. I'm saying to a police officer, I am breaking the law. Right. I donate all the money to the bands. I am breaking the law. Now they are breaking the law, too. Um, so, I mean, the, the police in that regard were pretty cool because they, you know, they were like, we have a search warrant. We could go through here. And almost everything in your garage could be evidence. And if you've ever had anything confiscated by the police for, well, I'm using air quotes, evidence, <laughs> you never see it again. Sure. Well, that so I guess that kind of answers one of the things that I was just thinking in my head. Well, first of all, so say you get your you get your the condemned thing off the door, and uh, you're able to use the garage again. And you want to have a band practice in there. Where is the line between I'm having a band practice and my friends are watching, and this is a show? Like I, I don't. And 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 then and then like to go further on it, like how come? And I don't expect you to have actual answers. I'm just curious if you know. Like if you say if someone's having a someone's actually having a pr- party, a private party, and their band's playing, and you're allowed to throw in some money if you'd like to help pay for that, like. What makes what's the difference? Do you know? Because I don't. I don't. Oh, not not really. Because I, I sort of started asking those questions. I was like, well, 
what about like I have another garage on my property that I rent out and those guys um, I don't want to say do the same thing but they have a pool table in there and they use it as a hangout spot and you know sometimes there's 15 20 people in there and I kind of said like well are they gonna get like condemned and you know slapped with fines and search warrants because they have 20 people hanging out listening to music smoking cigarettes and playing pool in a garage like I mean that garage has the same basic structure that mine does it's a it's a garage and it's not a public space with you know ample uh sprinkler system and <laughs> yeah. running water and bathrooms right. and that kind of stuff like you know what what's the line and they basically said um well th- this is how we take care of like basically unwanted things going on they're like they're like we, we've used this exact same kind of thing against like motorcycle clubs and stuff like that with their clubhouses and i'm like all right so i mean they made it very clear they're like we're 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 doing this because we want this to stop and we can be a lot bigger dicks about it and we will um i'm glad they weren't right, right yeah, and yeah. like what but um still kind of my eyes is still like a huge dick move to like I don't know. Stop something that's been going on for a dozen years that everyone was aware of and had no issue with until and and until well, I think decided to because especially because it's been such a po- overwhelmingly positive thing. And, yeah, and now it just can't because somebody got their leg burned or whatever the fuck the the reason is. But uh, I don't that's- know. By far one of the more minor injuries that I've seen happen at a punk hardcore show. Like, yeah. like, I think you and I have probably seen countless people with broken. I've seen people paralyzed shows. at hardcore shows in in venues. You know what I mean? In legit yeah. venues. Like I've seen whatever. Like so, I've seen the worst. Um, yeah. See people get stabbed. I've seen you know all sorts of yeah. things. But but yeah, this is a yeah. It's 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 a shame. I I, I see. I'm sure you see. I, you must feel like I don't know how much you've been able to take it in today. It must be, feel like you're being like eulogized today. Yeah, a little um, bit. Yeah. And uh, I I don't know. I I thought what your good buddy and my friend Mitch had to say about about it all was uh, very optimistic and a good point. I don't. I hope this isn't the end of things. Um, I don't think it'll be the end of like you said. You keep moving so. I'm sure we'll see something very soon. Yeah, I uh, like I said, I have a lot of irons in the fire. I've talked talked to a lot of people about trying to find a spot, a building to do something legit. You know, hopefully, some way as like Charm City did with like a nonprofit, so like we could keep doing it the way I have been doing it, like in the most ethical, like DIY way possible, where the bands are the focus and like they get the money and you know we keep enough to cover overhead right um because like i mean for 12 years i gave like 85 to 90 percent of the door money to the bands i normally took like a dollar per head just to replace mics and replace mic cables and replace speakers when things went bad um and it's not like i had a thousand people in there at any night no. i mean most <laughs> nights it was you know 30 to 50 people you know, I'm for anybody that does a job for a living, 30 to 50 bucks for the amount of work you put in to book a show and have the show not really worth it. But like, you know, it's fun. It's 
not I I want to say it's a it's my hobby, but it's like it's been a lot more than that for the past two decades. Yeah. Um, so it was worth it. It was it was worth not. It was never about making money. It, it was about helping the bands and and helping like the kids and giving them the people a place to go. And it really sucks that I mean not just for me. It sucks for everyone involved that that got that the rug got pulled out from under us like this. Yeah, but it's I I totally agree, of course. But it's amazing that and a lot of credit to you for putting the rug under a lot of people's feet because like I keep saying everybody wishes that they had that in their scene and you were able to provide that for a very long time and do it extremely well and bring a lot of joy to a lot of people so even though I know this won't be the end of MC Book and Shows um, and whatever capacity of the Skid Row Garage um, even if it is even if it were it was you got you, you got to take some positives from it because it's been it's been incredible and more than most people could ever ask for. Um, I I'm going to point people to the big cartel and tell them to do whatever they can, even though there's no fines or anything yet. Yeah, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and um, I don't know if we do. Like I said, I, I'm talking to a lot of people, including the people that I know in the. Um, that work for the city and work with the city to try to figure something out and find a way to go forward to keep this going in some way. Um, if we do find a spot, um, probably we'll have some sort of GoFundMe to raise funds to, you know, make it a, a, a community effort. Cause I, I don't know how many grants or how much funding there's going to be out there for somebody to do a music venue where you're not going to make a bunch of money coming back. Like, you're not going to have investors saying oh yeah we'll throw money at that and uh oh you want to like do it as a non-profit and not make thousands of dollars and not wait you don't want the opening bands to sell 25 tickets each and you know that that whole like the the bad side of the industry that i think anybody that has been in a band or has worked with the industry has seen far too often right um so I, I will, you know, get that info out as soon as I know it. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I don't. I, this has all happened so recently that I, I really haven't even like wrapped my brain around it completely yet. Yeah, and I, I don't blame you for that. Um, I would have done exactly what you did. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so uh, well, I'm gonna do what I can to get the word out. We'll get this out tomorrow. Well, fuck it, I'll get it out tonight. Um, and uh, hopefully just make some people aware and because you know it doesn't just affect it doesn't just affect us locally it affects the bands coming through too as you know so yeah I mean uh, I yeah. I, I haven't done this through the whole thing but I'm going to pull up my phone here and just look at a reference I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. 11, 12, I have over 20 things booked through the end of the year that, um, you know, some of them I, I, I've been working with JB Love Drafts and Love Drafts Brewing to do stuff there, but like most of them are stuff that I have going on at the garage or had lined up at the garage and now we're looking for new homes for stuff so which i assume um, for you is about what four bands a piece so yeah yeah and 
Um, most of these are bands that are on tour. Um, bands from Virginia or Connecticut or New York, Texas, Philly, Connecticut, Texas, Virginia, um, Jersey, like all over the place. Like, yeah. I mean, and, and I'm, I'll do a little humble brag here. We've had bands from all over the world come to the come to York to play the Skid Row Garage. We've had bands from China. We've had bands from all over Europe, from South America, from Asia. We've had bands from Australia play here. Like it's not it's not like we were a, like a little under the radar fly by night thing. Like it was it was never that. It was we brought people literally from all over the world to York and like York doesn't have that now because I'm going to use the term because some Karen <laughs> got upset that her kid as Mitch put it got a boo boo yeah. um, and like that sucks because there's a lot of kids in, in the area that rely on this as their their form of like expression or their form of like letting out their anger um i know for me when i was a kid i went to punk shows and, and moshed really hard and i felt a lot better afterwards right i mean you know not everyone has a good way to release their stress or whatever and for a lot of these kids a lot of us older people that that's what we have and i don't know well a, a, good, a good example of that is like t t today this morning my wife and i were sitting talking while drinking coffee and i was in like i said my stepdaughter starting to get into a semblance of punk you know yeah tertiary stuff i guess and uh it's like i would like it bums me out that skid row garage is done for now because one and she's like well you have history there i was like yes of course i have history there and you know that's that's york that's a place i love um i've slept in like i told you earlier i've slept in that garage um but because if if uh, my stepdaughter was like, oh, we're going to this garage in, you know, York to watch a band play. I'd be like, yeah, go. They're like, I know that that place, I know that that place is totally legit. I, like, you, I'm, I'm okay with you being 15, 14, 15, 16, whatever, going, going there. I don't think anything bad is going to happen. I don't think you're going to do things that you would probably try to do if you were at a club. Um, maybe it's because I know you and I'm to totally familiar with the, the thing, yeah. but it's just a... Like I don't know, it's 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 a thing that I didn't want to disappear, but uh, hopefully it, it won't it, totally. It's kind of funny. Um, many years ago, when the uh, Hawthorne Heights show got moved here, which is still a mind blowing <laughs> thing, that Hawthorne Heights played the Skid Row Garage at one point. Um, when that happened, like parents were dropping their kids off in the alley and just driving away, and these were like <laughs> young teenagers, yeah, or like maybe even preteens, and it was. It was just, I don't know. It's just, looking back on things like that, it's just mind-blowing. I mean, I can't even, like, wrap my head around it. We, the, the the things that we did and the things that we pulled off, I mean, we'd kill your idols play here two years ago for our 10-year anniversary <laughs> show. Like, Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Like He, he did was, a, a lot of cool shit, you know, really, really. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. And, like, I, I think one of the ways when I talk to you know people in the city or whoever and like to emphasize it like 
I mean, I've said a lot here where like the, the kids need this, they, they need that. I, I, and one of the points I drove home in my, my speech at York Crafted a couple years back was like, it's not just the music community that benefits from this because like the people that have grown up in the punk rock and hardcore and like the independent music scene are very much driven by a DIY ethic and like they become people in the community that run businesses. I mean, I can name dozens of businesses run by people that I know from the punk rock community. I mean, Rob Aritos, Rob, yeah. Rob was in punk rock bands when we were in high school. Um, 717 tattoo. It's Paul from the fucking virus. He, he owns that and razor blade, a, a huge tattoo co- supply company. Um, angry young and poor, which I mean, yes, it's a punk rock clothing shop, but it is the punk rock clothing shop. Like, yeah, you talk to any kid that has studs on his jacket from anywhere in the world and you say, hey, do you buy that at Angry Young and Poor? And they're going to light up. They know it. Like, people go to Lancaster County and go to Lancaster City to stand next to the, the Angry Young and Poor sign and take their picture. And they, they go there from all over the world. Um, I, I mean, there's countless. Like, hell, my old drummer, Matt, he, he runs crucial raps he has his own company vinyl wrapping cars and would he have decided to go out on his own if he didn't grow up in a punk like a diy punk rock thing maybe maybe not i don't know but like you learn a lot about that kind of stuff when you have to book your own shows and you have to call a fire hall or you have to call countless promoters to book a tour like you you figure things out and you learn to rely on yourself and that translates into oh well you know maybe when i'm 30 my passion isn't music it is this other thing and i want to do something with that while still caring about music but like you know people have other interests and and i mean jb love drafts he opened that place because he likes beer and likes music and wants to have a place that like he can share that with his friends and have great food. Like, I, I I don't know if these like if all of these people never got involved in the like music scene, would they be doing those things? Maybe, but I kind of think probably not. I think they'd probably be a wage slave like me, somewhere, just <laughs> working for the man and right. bitching about it under my breath for forty hours a week and taking my own paycheck and being like well, this will get me by to the next one. Um, I, I don't know, but like, I, yeah, it's, I'm still just sort of, the whole situation is just still hitting me very as like a shock and like all these ideas are, ideas are flowing through my head and I'm sort of just like uh, word vomit here at the end. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. You, and you, you have every right to take your time with it. I know I've seen that you have plenty of people reaching out. I'm sure your phone's been blowing up um, yeah, I <laughs> for the last 24 hours. With all the, like, <laughs> the, the Facebook comments and messages and, and yeah, everything. Well, it's, well, I mean, which I really it's, appreciate it's, but it is very overwhelming. Well, at this point, you know, it's, it's a community basically that you created. So, uh, so, so, you know, take your time with it. And uh, you've got a lot of people willing to help. I can tell you that. So, um, I'm going to get on top of this and get this out there so we can, I don't know, maybe you can just direct some people here instead of having to tell the same story over and over. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah. 
I, I'm sorry uh, when you messaged me last week about doing another episode. I'm I was stoked, and I'm sorry it had to be this this episode. Yeah, you know, I, I, for, I forgot to bring that up. It sucks that we were just talking about doing this, and then it turns into you know what yeah. it's about now. But fuck, at least we were already in con- contact, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and something good will come out of this. It will. It, yeah. it always has. I mean, I've and anybody that's a little older knows that like in this area venues have come and gone a lot and the the one thing that always happens is something else pops up something else comes up and right. uh we'll figure out a way and they'll have to figure out another way to shut us down at some point <laughs> i'm sure but <laughs>
so there you have it. That's my conversation with MC of Skid Row Garage and Old Tigers. The song you just heard was Coda Yopa from Build an Illusion of Safety. That's Old Tigers' latest record. Um, I believe you can find that on Bandcamp. They might still have CDs available. I'm not sure, but you should go buy one. Support the cause. I'm sure it'll go to uh, something that we can all appreciate. Um, speaking of that, I want to again encourage everybody to go to the big cartel store for skid row garage buy a piece of merch help them out i'm sure there will be costs to come for them whether they see it now or not hopefully it's not much and hopefully it's not necessary at all but it'd still be cool if you can help out no matter where you're at in the world uh go to the link below i'm sure i'll have it in the show notes actually i know i will i already do so go check that out um i'm not going to plug anything else here i'm going to leave it at that Um, I hope something good comes out of this, and I'm sure it will. I'm choosing to be optimistic. Uh, I hope if you have a local local scene that has a that has a a venue similar to Skid Row Garage, that you protect it and uh, make sure that you get to enjoy it for at least 12 years. We're going to set the standard at 12 years from here on out. Um, All right, that's going to be it for this one. Um, I'm going to play you one more old Tiger song. How about we do Losing Battles? And uh, and that'll be it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.